So, hey everyone, and welcome back to Lamer's Terms. So, I'm really excited for the episode today because I actually got a, a message from a listener. So, thank you so much for that, and I'm, I'll go ahead and play it, and then we'll discuss it. Hey, my name is Tori Davis, and I stay in Hansville, Louisiana, about 30 minutes away from New Orleans. I just found your podcast a few days ago, and I must say I'm very interested in this floating city because there's a lot of hurricanes and flooding that happens here. Um, I would love for this whole floating city thing to actually become a real thing because I've just been wanting to move out of Louisiana for such a long time now because I'm just so tired of the storms and the flooding, but I have nowhere to go, really, and I would just really miss my culture. So once again, thank you, Ms. Davis, for your message. Um, I really appreciate it because you actually brought up a lot of points that I did want to discuss today. And I, I love the fact that you brought up Louisiana because I think that it's the perfect um like state to use as an example for this Florence scenario. So let's talk about how global warming has affected and will affect Louisiana. So the initial concern that many people in Louisiana may have is um worrying about the flooding. And this is a very important consequence to consider seeing that 49% of Louisiana is already below sea level. And the lowest place in Louisiana is actually New Orleans. And as you know, that is the most populated and the the biggest tourist attraction in Louisiana. Like everyone wants to go to New Orleans. Even I want to go to New Orleans. But having all these people go there is very dangerous because one it is the lowest place in the city i mean in the state and the edges around louisiana are actually 10 to 15 above sea level so it's built like a bow louisiana is built like a bow and the way that they get water out of louisiana is pumping it into this lake called lake um boingy I'm, I know I'm probably messing it up, but they pump the lake into, I mean, they pump the water into that lake. But the problem is that lake is south of Louisiana. And as you know, Louisiana is, is already pretty close to the shoreline. It's, it's pretty close to the sea. So once these um, ice sheets do melt a little more and the sea level does rise, the lake will be, the lake will be easily um, overpowered by the water. So, I mean, if the if they want Louisiana to sort of um, hold off of this this global warming sea level rise thing, they would have to build an entire new infrastructure for um, for this city. Also, um, flooding does not help. Um, well, the sea level rise is very dangerous for Louisiana because now it is already sinking at a rate of two inches per year. And that is because most of Louisiana was built on wetlands. So as you know, Louisiana is mostly a swamp and marsh and things like that. But when the, when the people that had settled there first started expanding, they, they ran out of usable room. So they had to find something well, that they had to make more usable land. So they drained the wetlands and built their cities on top of that. But wetlands is not a good um not a good ground for any city because once you remove the water is not 
stable. So along with the city being built on wetlands and human activity, this was causing it to sink at such a rapid pace. So without considering any other factors, Louisiana is predicted to be completely underwater by the year 2100. So 2100. 80 years? Yeah, 80 years. Wow. Wow. I still might be alive. But anyways, um, yeah, they're predicted to be completely underwater by 2100 without considering any outside factors. But of course, we know we can't just ignore these factors because the ice sheets are melting. The world is warming up. The sea level is rising quickly at a pace that we could not have, have predicted. So Louisiana is well on its way to being completely underwater before the projected time or the projected year of 2100. So along with worrying about flooding, they have to, Louisiana also have to worry about intensifying tropical storms and hurricanes. And this is another reason why I'm very glad that um, Louisiana did get brought up because they have already had a catastrophic hurricane, which was Hurricane Katrina, of course. And it, it, it was the largest and third strongest hurricane to ever be recorded. So how it came to be was it it was formed over over the Bahamas. And as you know, it passed over Florida and then it made its way down the Gulf of Mexico towards New Orleans. When it passed over Florida, it was only a category of one hurricane, so not not that bad. But once it was going over the Gulf of Mexico, of course the warm waters the waters were warmer. And so the storm built up a lot more power and speed. And once it reached New Orleans, it was a Category 5, reaching winds to up to 175 miles per hour. 175 miles per hour. That's really fast. That's a really strong um, hurricane. And we all saw the repercussions of that. We all saw the damage that it did. So two years after the hurricane, um, so the hurricane happened in 2005. Yale studied the relationship between water and temperature, water temperature and hurricanes in 2007, and came to the conclusion that a one degree Fahrenheit raise in ocean temperatures can increase a hurricane speed by 15 to 20 degrees. I mean, 15 to 20 miles per hour. One degree can cause a hurricane to be 15 to 20 miles per hour stronger than what it would have been if the if that one degree never happened. Which is crazy. So while other while coastal areas only have to worry about being attacked from like one one part of their state, so they don't, don't have to worry about the water creeping up from the coastline. There are some people that have to worry about loot being um attacked from all angles. And a great example of these of this is the Marshall the Marshall Islands. So the Marshall Islands is like a string of 1,200 islands in the middle of the ocean. So imagine like a pearl necklace, and that's how the islands, they're just streamed. And the Marshall Islands are inhabited by Marshallese people, and they've been there for thousands of years. Their entire culture is built on water because they're such good navigators. They had to learn how to navigate in order to survive on all these oceans, I mean, all these islands. But recently, tropical storms and sea level rise has forced them to move. And a lot of people actually came, a lot of those Marshall people actually came into Arkansas, well, the northwest part of Arkansas, so like Fayetteville, Springdale, 
uh, places like that. So these people already have to worry about adjusting to our culture. Well, first leaving the water, leaving the water. I'm sure that was a big thing for them. They have to worry about um, adjusting to our new culture. The children have to worry about like catching up in our educational system and graduating. Have to worry about finding somewhere to live, finding jobs. But now they have to worry about their legal status as citizens. So the whole reason they were able to come here in the first place as legal non-immigrants was because the Marxist government and our government made like they had a contract sort of that allowed us to test our weapons on the on a Marshall Island. But now it's time to reinstate that contract. But the Marshall government is having second thoughts because they need that land now for people to live on since they're already losing so much land mass. But the thing is, if the Marshall um, government does not allow the U.S. government to keep testing weapons there, all the Marshallese people here will have to uproot once again and then move back to Marshall Islands. That's not a great thing because they are, they're, they've lost, lost so much land mass. People will be living on top of each other. Like, it just wouldn't be the most ideal situation. And so I say that because this this, this, this climate change, this sea level rise, is showing more problems that we ever thought that we could have. Because no one thought to make like a, a law for these people that were refugees from um, sea level rise. Because we've never had this problem before. So while the floating cities doesn't mean that much to us, it could mean the world to these other people. The floating islands means that they get to stay together. They get to um, keep their culture together. They don't have to worry about assimilating to other cultures. Don't have, they don't have to worry about um, fitting in and falling behind and finding a job and all that. They, they can stay together. They can have their own government. They can keep their culture. So... For, so that's all for today's discussion, and I, I really hope you enjoyed it. So next episode will be the last episode in our floating city, floating city series. So we'll kind of just be wrapping things up, and we'll discuss about um we'll discuss if the floating city is kind of the the way to go, or you might be thinking of course the way to go, but there are other things that society as a whole may not be as accepting to it for different reasons and i will discuss those next week so be sure to come back to hear about that and i hope you have a great day